she's gonna trash the house and she's gonna set fire to the goldfish and <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh dear me you're listening to the nacho kids podcast where we discuss all things step family related real stories real people real help your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, David, David. Hush your mouth. <laughs> Why are you being ugly? Because <laughs> I know you're trying to come up with some kind of DavidHaters.com stuff. I already have that. <laughs> it's your birthday present. Oh, Oh, that's this week. Oh, crap. Oh my gosh. Y'all, I am horrible, horrible so with when, anniversaries, birthdays, all that stuff. Wow. You know how I remember? Because Facebook said, your birthday's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it is. There you go. All right then. For all you folks out there who want to wish me a late birthday, late happy birthday. <laughs> so. Um, oh, happy birthday. Yeah. So tonight, um, we did something we normally never do, and I treated my dear wife to a couple's massage. So if I sound a little... Lethargic. <laughs> more relaxed than normal, that's why. <laughs> but tell them what you did during the massage you've never been able to do. I did not say a word. <laughs> she nachoed a massage. I didn't say a word. I didn't talk. And Usually wh- I talk. And why didn't you talk? Because I know it annoys you. <laughs> yeah. So why do you talk during a massage, though? Does it make you nervous? Like you have to talk so you don't feel nervous? Maybe. I don't know. Because I'm like, no, hush. I don't want to hear anything. I'm a talker. I just want to hear the... You know, I want to say, how long have you been doing this? No, blah, blah, blah. No. Just, no. Just hush. All I want to hear is the nice oriental music and just get a massage. That's it. Okay. Well, you got that. Are you happy now? It was nice having you there, though. Yeah. Because we, we've tried to do this before. <laughs> and every time we go to have a couple's massage, we end up in two different rooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So what do you got for us today? Today, we have stepmom Helen from the UK. No way. Yes way. Why do you get all giddy about these UK people? Because I love it there. Why? I don't know. When you go there with me one day, you'll understand. Is it the is it the places or is it the way people talk or is it all the above? We don't have that kind of history here in the United States. That's true. Well, and we they do. speak so properly. Do they have tea and crumpets? They do. <laughs> afternoon tea. Mm-hmm. I want to go somewhere where they had like those afternoon naps. They'll be right here in our house. We have those. You have those siesta. Yeah. Anyway, so. What's the deal with stepmom from the UK? She has two stepkids. Okay. And no bio kids and no hours kids. Mm-hmm. She wanted hours kids, but he didn't. So she kind of had to choose, you know, leave this man and maybe find somebody that wants kids or just suck it up buttercup. Was that not something they discussed beforehand? Well, yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering. I'm sure. If, I'm just wondering if he can't. If she came into the relationship and he said that he might want kids and then changed his mind, because you made it sound like it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know you didn't want kids. No, I think some women get in relationships with somebody and the person says, I don't want kids. And they think, oh, they'll change their mind. Oh. 
but they say they think it's right now. Yeah, they mm-hmm. add right now to it. <laughs> you want to you want to tell the listeners <laughs> the story behind right now? Go ahead, David. <laughs> so, uh, was it when we were dating, or have we already been married? I don't know. I want to pick one. Anyway, <laughs> I'd say we, somehow we got into some conversation one day, and and Lori's says I'm like, well, men understand when a woman says no, that means no. And we weren't necessarily talking about, you know, the thing, just in general. <laughs> yeah, like going out on a date. Right. Yeah. And I said, a man doesn't hear no. A man hears not right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so if you say, I don't want to go out on a date, he hears, I don't want to go out on a date right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know. Let's go. I'm not ready for a relationship right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no matter what it is you say, it ends up being not right now. Right. Anyway. Anyway. It, the funny part about it, and the reason I bring it up is because I remember when I first said it, you were like, that's such a crock. That is not true. And then, you know, as years have passed, you were like, oh, yes, you're absolutely right. That is exactly what I mean. <laughs> I don't like admitting you're right. <laughs> it's okay. You'll get used to it. Okay. So back to Helen. Back to Helen. David. What? We got to get back to Helen. I'm back to Helen. Helen has a very, 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 very high conflict by a mom. Ooh. Yeah. Like she's told the stepkids that Helen was abusive to her ex-boyfriends and to animals. Oh, trying to put the the seed in the kid's head that she's going to beat dad up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. And the oldest stepkid went to live with the bio mom because her and bio mom are party buddies. Uh-huh. Yeah. How old is the oldest? I think 18. Oh. Yeah, good party with your mama, girl. Mm-mm. Great role model there. I just, from a parent standpoint, I don't, I wouldn't want to party with my kids, even if they were 30. I'd want to party with your kids. <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey. I'm the cool aunt. I can do that. Yeah, you are. I just, I don't know. I'd just be uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know at what age I would not feel comfortable. That's like partying with my parents. I don't think even You just those, said that backwards. You don't know at what age you would not feel comfortable. Okay. I don't know at what age I would feel comfortable. There you go. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know the difference? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just clarifying it for the listeners. Okay. So the same thing with my parents. Like... I wouldn't feel comfortable partying with my parents. And I'm No, but your parents aren't cool. Oh, you didn't just say that. I did. You know it's true. My parents are cool. David. Cool for their age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my kids probably feel that way about me. No. You don't think so? No. I think they'd party with you in a heartbeat. Well, we don't party no more. Remember when um they were little and one of them said that me and the other tr- triplet or one of the other triplets was going up at the bar hanging out <laughs> yeah i do remember that which is funny because we don't go to bars but anyway Mm-mm. pubs pubs we don't we're go ta- to the pubs we're talking uk now they yeah. don't have bars they have pubs right all right so what else did you learn in the uk oh with helen you didn't meet helen in the uk well but we're talking about helen uh, okay so helen's got a high conflict by a mom right who tells crazy stories and parties like a rock star Right. daughter. Right. Okay. What's next? That's it. I'm not telling you everything. You got to listen. Got to listen to it. All right. Yeah. You ready to get into it? Ready to get into it. All right. So here we go, folks. Let's go listen to Helen. 
from the UK. But first, a word about the Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Helen. Hey, Helen, how are you? Hi, Laurie. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? So um, I've been living with my partner and the children since January 2017, so a little over two years. Um, but before I moved in, I was regularly staying over at the house when he was on, when he was on night shift to help mm-hmm. him look after the children. Um, but officially about two, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Well, and um, our, our little family consists of me and my partner and I've got a stepdaughter who is 10 and a stepdaughter who is 18. And you don't have any bio kids? No, nope, don't have any children of my own. No. Okay. And that's not going to change. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want kids, I guess? I always wanted children, Laurie. It just never um, happened for me. I never met the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I finally met Mark, my partner now, um, I was nearly 40. He was 40. He had the two two girls and he didn't want any more. So I had to make a big decision, big decision to either stay with him or leave and go and find somebody else who did want children um so yeah that was a big challenge at the time um let me ask you this mm-hmm. couple years in do you regret making that decision does it um something that still weighs on your mind like oh I chose to stay with him so now I'll never have kids um I think at the be- if I'm honest with you, in the beginning, I thought maybe he would change his mind and, you know, or maybe I would accidentally get caught, um, but I never did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in, in, um, in, yeah, in the beginning, it, it, I, it took a while for me to get used to that. Um, but now, um, no, I don't regret it. I don't regret not leaving him and, and going to find somebody else because I might not have found somebody else. And, I think at the time I thought, well, these children, you know, they're, they're part of my family now and I'm going to do my best to bring them up um, the way I would bring up them if, as if they were my own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no regrets as such in that sense. Um, and if it was to happen now, I'm nearly, well, I'm 45. I think it would be the last thing I would want <laughs> At this, this stage of the game. <laughs> yeah. You don't want your kid to be a teenager and you'd be 60. No. <laughs> that's when uh, that's when you need to waive all responsibility, isn't it, and go and enjoy retirementhood. <laughs> right. Well, the reason I asked you that was because um, my son's father, actually, we were in a relationship, of course, and he didn't really want kids. And prior to my relationship with him, I did. I wanted to be a mom, but I had gotten to the point, I think, with him that I was enjoying traveling. Like I said, we went to England and we went to Paris, 
And I'd gotten kind of selfish, for lack of a better word, and mm. not being tied down. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with him one time, and I said, well, if I want kids and you don't, there's no point in us being together. Mm. And his response was, well, you never know, people change. And, of course, I'm like, eh, I don't know. So I think I had kind of given up on whether I was going to have kids or not, you know, the idea of having a child, because I did want to stay in that relationship for some odd reason. And Mm -hmm. as you would say, um, stuff happened and I got caught. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we had actually (laughs) split up before I found out I was pregnant. And I found out I was pregnant like within a week of us splitting up. And of course, I think that was the best because Mm -hmm. We did not do well together. It was not a healthy relationship for either one of us. So yeah. it was best that I didn't find out I was pregnant while we were still together. Yeah. And um, then, of course, when I met David, he had four kids, and he didn't want any more. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did, but not with him having four kids. If I would have m- married somebody that had, like, one kid, yeah. I think I would have wanted another one. Yeah. But also, I had seen a friend of mine that— she had a child before she got married to her current husband, and then they had a child, and she was telling me the struggles that they had because of that. Yeah. She almost felt bad that her second child had a happy family. The first one didn't. Um, you know, so I'm glad that I didn't have another one. Yeah, yeah. At this point. Yeah. And um, because my son's an only child, but he has brothers because of the stepbrothers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's got plenty of um role models around him, hasn't he, with the four the four boys. Yeah, and they were he was so young when David and I got married that he considers them the brothers. They're his brothers. Yeah. So I know that was a hard decision to make. Yeah. It is it is very difficult because um I know in times when we've me and Mark have struggled with um and and we have struggled with our relationship since the moment we got together, it's been battle fighting battles fighting with his ex um and and i've mentioned you know i've given up my opportunity to have my own children to live like this you know with all this stress and and when his children were um being really naughty for want of a better word at the start of the relationship it was it was hard it was hard to push through and carry on going but i loved him and i wanted it i wanted it to work um so yeah, it is it's a massive decision to make, and it and it's not one that should be taken lightly. And and if that overwhelming to desire, uh, overwhelming desire to have a child, um, doesn't go away, then yeah, you, you have to sort of think: Do I want to be with him more than I want to have a child? Um, so yeah, I don't. It's it's a horrible decision for people to make, and it's not just women as well. There's 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 men in that situation, but for some reason, it always seems to be the women that have the harder time making these decisions and fitting into these roles in life yeah. in, uh, in blended families. Maybe because men can, you know, quote, quote, have children when they're 90. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their part's over in a flash, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they don't have the time clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how often do you have the stepkids? Um, well, um, we have them joint custody 50-50. That's the court order. But there's been a lot of deviation from that over the past couple of years. And I mentioned to you in our email the other day that the family dynamic has changed in this last week. So Mm -hmm. 
if I can just give you a bit of background history on, on the family. Um, yes. So we, um, Mark and I got together in around autumn 2014. Um, they'd not been split up that long when we got together. Um, it was about four or five months, so not very long, but I'd known him for about five years previous. Um, and I think around the same time, she met somebody else who she is still with now, his ex. Mm-hmm. Um, I met the children in April of 2015. The youngest one um, was five and the oldest one was 14. It took until the following September of 2015 for the child arrangements to be sorted out so it was horrendous for about a year three-quarter appearances backwards and forwards um the kids were dragged not dragged through it all but the kids had various visits from um social workers and and various you know people that come and make sure that the kids are all right um but in september 2015 i think the Custody um, battle was over and they were awarded 50-50 custody. Now, when I got with Mark, um, there was no um, court order in place, obviously, and he was seeing them as and when, really, um, maybe the odd night in the week, weekends. It was it was just really, really erratic. Um, and then when the court order was was put in place, I went from seeing the kids to whenever to this 50-50 joint custody. So um, week one would start on a Monday. So say the girls were with the mum on a Monday morning, they'd go to school. And then on the Wednesday, they would come back to the dad for two days. And then on the Friday, they would go back to the mum's house for the whole weekend. And then the opposite would, would take place the following monday so they were with the per each parent a, a week about but they went to the other parent on the wednesday thursday of that week does that make sense yes yeah because the, the we thought well the judge thought that the little one was too young to go a full week without seeing the opposite parent right so it took a little while for it to settle in but it, it did and it worked and it, it was like that for about two years and then the oldest one um wasn't getting on with her mum, shall we say. Now, my experience of being a step-parent has been very, very difficult because of a very high conflict by her mum. And when the oldest daughter, my oldest stepdaughter, decided in October 2017 she wanted to come and live with us full-time because she wasn't getting on with her mum. And... She was stating reasons like um, her mum was using her as a babysitter 24-7 for a younger sister. She was always going to the pub and expecting her to look after her little sister. Um, she was just behaving in a way that was like really embarrassing to her. Like she was acting like she wasn't, like she was younger than her age. And mm-hmm. she wanted her mum to be a mother figure to her, but she wasn't be, she wasn't in behaving in, in that role. And she was really uncomfortable with it. Um, and she also didn't like the way that the, her mother was trying to get me into constant trouble. Right. Um, she She's done so much, um, the, the, the bio mum, she's done so much to cause trouble 
with me and Mark, my partner. Um, she's done so much to split us up. Um, do you want me to tell you a bit about the kind of things that she's done? It might yeah. help other people that have, have, have gone through similar things. So when, when, when Mark and I first got together... Um, it was all right when we first got together. When she found out, she, she wasn't too bothered um, because she'd met somebody else as well. But then at that point, um, Mark was still paying for everything in the house. She was still in the, the uh, matrimonial house and Mark was paying for all the bills. He was paying for the mortgage and he was also giving her money towards the kids. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, a few months down the line, that that's not sustainable and I was saying look you need to break free from that otherwise you'll end up paying everything forever and and, and you need to find somewhere to live because he was staying at his parents house so to cut a a long story short he he told her that he wasn't going to be paying the mortgage anymore um he would still give her money for the bills and stuff but he wasn't going to pay the mortgage she would have to find that and she was claiming tons every month in benefits loads and loads and loads in benefits because she was a single parent and she was claiming everything that she knew she could get her hands on so it's not Mm -hmm. like she couldn't afford it but the minute he stopped paying everything it got very very bitter um she tried to turn the children on me she told the children that um i was very abusive that i used to beat my ex-boyfriends that I used to abuse animals, that I was a thief, um, basically anything you know that you can accuse someone of doing. She tried to tell her children that that's the kind of person that I was. And I didn't know this until the eldest stepdaughter came to live with us and, and told her, told me what she'd been saying about me. So I remember thinking back to the start of our relationship that the little one would look at me um, with kind of not fear in her eyes, but a bit wary of me. And I'm thinking, why is she doing that? You know, I'm just like trying to make these kids feel as welcome as possible. But it's because she'd been telling them that I was, you know, beating my ex-boyfriends up and abusing animals and (laughs) anything else. The little girl's like, okay, I'm not seeing that. I'm confused. Yeah. Bless her heart. She must've been thinking, you know, who do I believe? Because you automatically want to believe your parents, don't you? But then, she never saw anything like that from me. Um, and then it just got steadily worse. Um, she would do anything to try and cause trouble between Mark and I. Um, but when the oldest stepdaughter came to live with us, it got it got worse. She tried to get me sacked from my job. She sent an email to my place of work saying that I was a safeguarding threat to the youngest daughter. Um, oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> now, can you imagine? She got, uh, she, she knew where I worked because it's on my Facebook profile. Um, and I work at the Manchester College. So she would just get this generic email from the Manchester College website and sent them this email saying that I was a safeguarding threat to her daughter because I'd put a picture of me and her on Facebook. Um, now, this email address that she sent this information to was just a general course inquiries email address. So I don't even know who picked this email up, but then they forwarded it to my boss. And, you know, luckily I had a good relationship with my boss at the time and she knew that I was having problems at home with Mark's ex 
partner and whatnot. Um, so they kind of like had a heads up on my domestic situation. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and told them, look, she's obviously just trying to get me into trouble with, with work and she's trying to ruin things. Um, and they just, you know, they laughed it out of the building and said, there's absolutely no reason for us to think that your daughter is a, in in any harm being in Helen's supervision. If you have a problem, then that's, you know, you need to take that up with not her place of work, but with, you know, the family law or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I then reported her to the police for um, harassment um, and then they went and visited her and told her that she was, you know, in the wrong for doing that. And she was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I admit I shouldn't have done it. But it didn't end there. She um, sent the police round on one occasion when the girls were in my custody because she was worried um, about their safety whilst they were in my custody. And this is all because the eldest daughter had come to live with us and not and not her um and she wanted to you know stir things up for us and 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 try and make it out as though the girls were not safe when I was looking after them mm-hmm. um she also sent her parents round to the house and, and they gave me lots of abuse on the front door and turned around and said that if I wanted children I should have my own and that ah. kind of I know that really upset me because I'd chosen not to have my own children so that I could look after their, their grandchildren, you know? And right. that really, it broke my heart that because they obviously don't, they don't know me. They'd only heard what their daughter had been telling them about me, which is obviously lies. Cause mm-hmm. you know, if, if she can tell her own kids that I abuse animals, then God knows what she would tell her own parents about me. Right. Um, but the worst thing that happened, I mean, that, that's, all what I've just told you now is like tip tip of the iceberg. But the worst thing that happened was in um, October 2018. And Mark and I were going to our favourite restaurant for a meal. And when we walked in, her and the new partner were sat there in this restaurant. And in hindsight, I wish I'd never gone in because this night haunts me forever. Um, we asked to be sat in a slightly separate room to them um but we could still hear them but i couldn't really see them and she then when when we walked in there was like fits of laughter and she was announcing to the whole restaurant oh it's his night to have the girls and look at him he's out with her and you know he should be at home with his children and then she proceeded to tell the whole restaurant a whole pack of lies about me um, again, beating up ex-boyfriends, trashing their houses, um, having numerous affairs with people and just screaming at the top of her voice any bullcrap that she could about me. Um, Mark was going to retaliate, but I said, don't, just get your phone out and record it all. So we, we recorded the whole conversation. Well, not the conversation, but we recorded her, um, you know, spouting off about me in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And again, I took that to the police. But unless somebody physically hurts someone, at which point it's too late, the police don't do anything. You know, they, they give you a little tap on the wrist and say, you know, you shouldn't behave like that in public. She's not bothered. She's so narcissistic. She is not bothered. The police is not a threat to her. So, yeah, so all this was going on. Um, whilst her eldest daughter was in full custody with us, and one of the reasons why we agreed that 
she could come and live with us is because she was 16 at this age and mm-hmm. Mark said, my partner said, let's get her away from her mum because if she's seeing this behaviour, we don't want her growing up thinking that that is a good way to behave. So right. she came to live with us um, since, yeah, October 2017. So for the past two, yeah, two and a bit years, she's lived with us full time. Okay. Um, so um, throughout all this, Ooh. Um, <laughs> I know and my head's spinning just like trying to piece it all together. But throughout all this, I moved into the to the house in January 2017, found it extremely difficult um, dealing with the, the dynamic of having two stepchildren, a high conflict bio mum, not having any of my own children, um, suddenly going from living on my own for 15 years, pleasing myself, doing what I want, to having two kids to take care of having this high conflict bio mum, I was on antidepressants by May 2017. So, um, yeah, not an easy ride at all. Not an easy ride. I was feeling very low, very unsupported. Um, didn't know which way to turn. Felt like crying all the time. So I went to the doctors and, yeah, they put me on antidepressants in May, May, June 2017. Did they seem to help? Yeah, they saved my life. Um, I'm a big advocate of if you need help and, and, and that is medication, then you go and get it. Um, at first, I only went on like a low dose. And at first, it kind of helped, but I, it wasn't strong enough. So they upped my dosage for me. And yeah, it totally helped. Um, I think I would have been very poorly had I not gone and got that medication. You know, I don't know if mental health is as taboo across the pond as it is here, Mm. but when I was growing up, um, well, until recently, I've noticed that a lot of the younger generation, they don't look at it as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, it was kind of the mentality of, well, if you have to get put on medicine to stay in that situation, you should just leave the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people didn't go around and go, oh, yes, I'm on antidepressants because it was people would judge you for that. Yeah. And think, oh, you're weak. You know, something's wrong with you mentally because you can't handle life without being on meds. Mm-hmm. But like I said, thankfully, that's kind of changed with the newer generation, I think, um, yeah. with the people that are more in their 30s right now yeah, or early 30s. And they are more open to sharing that they're on medicine and things. Yeah. But I know a lot, a lot, a lot of step-parents end up being put on antidepressants within a year of them becoming step-parents. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can, I can understand it 100%. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard to take on somebody else's children. And the expectation from everybody is that you just get in and get on with it. and. I've never been told, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. They've absolutely saved my sanity, the podcast, the Nacho Kids podcasts. I've never been told, well, you should love them like they're your own. I've never been told that. But thinking about it myself, how can I love these kids like they're my own? I don't have any of my own children. So I don't know what that feels like. What I will do is I will love them as much as I can. And I'm certainly not going to fake anything. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'll keep them safe. I'll keep them out of danger. I will teach them right from wrong. I will teach them to be strong, independent women who can stand up for themselves and, you know, girl power and, and the rest of it. Um, <sighs> but yeah, it's, it's so hard. Nobody tell, as a step parent, nobody tells you any of this when, when you're about to embark on this journey. Um, mm-hmm. I felt very, isolated very alone and one of the things that got me the most was you are the last person on anybody's list of priorities and that really got to me um I remember thinking um you know I was round at Mark's parents house one night and, and they were talking about what you know the latest thing that the bio mum had been up to and and she's crazy and this and that and the other and whenever I try to join in the conversation or, or vent some of my frustration it would just be like, oh shush 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 you know you know you don't need to get involved and I'd be like hello can anybody hear me I'm here and I'm going through this too and I know that these are all your flesh and blood, but I'm somebody's flesh and blood. I, you know, I have a voice and, and it's affecting me too. And mm-hmm. I felt like I could be on fire in the living room and some, and nobody would notice at times, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was really difficult. Yeah. Because a lot of times if the stepmom complains, it's, oh, she's just being whining or she doesn't like the kids or mm. she just doesn't like the ex. And it's okay for them to complain about it. But yeah. if you complain about it, it's like you said, it's shush, shush, shush. Yeah. 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 And I think um, a lot of people might think, well, you're not going to like his ex-wife, are you? Because she was his first wife and, and blah, blah, blah. But this woman is genuinely one of the worst people I have ever met in my life. She is malicious. She's narcissistic. She's dangerous because she's not very intelligent, but she knows how to manipulate people. And the lies that she tells, uh, it's just, I don't understand how she's allowed to walk on the streets. She's that dangerous. Um, so I'm not going to like her. And the girls know that I don't like her because of the things that she's tried to do to not only me, but to us as a family in the past. Um, so, yeah. so. Having all this to deal with when I first um, started the relationship, so we we got together in in the in 2014, moved in in 2017, um, was on antidepressants by summer 2017. Um, I went to every single court appearance with him. Um, I took on the role of main disciplinarian because he had such guilty parent syndrome it was unreal um he felt so guilty about leaving um the children that he wouldn't discipline them properly and people might think I'm being cruel saying this but these kids were brats when I first met them absolute spoiled brats and I thought if I'm going to be part of this family these children are not behaving like this not on my watch so I stepped up in the in the disciplining role I've never shouted at them never screamed and shouted never raised my hand to them because as a step parent that is just going to end you in in all kinds of trouble a biological parent can you know 
put you up, put you over the knee and give you a, a smack bum if you know if you still agree with that kind of thing. As a step parent, you will have the police on you if you even raise your hand. Um, and so I've never had to do that because the way that I disciplined the girls is they knew just by the by the look, <laughs> the <laughs> look. I have a look. <laughs> well, and they've already been told you were abusive, so they were scared to death. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So when they um, saw that look, they're like, "Ooh, yeah, yeah." She's gonna trash the house and she's gonna set fire to the goldfish. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear me. So yes. yeah, yeah. So, but um, last year, last summer, I came off the antidepressants. I worked through it all and and uh, and, and came off them. But I know my triggers. I know my signs. This whole coronavirus business um, is certainly testing my sanity at the moment. Because um, yeah, we're right in the thick of um, not going out unless you have to, and social distancing and all that lot. Um, but yeah, it's it's testing it's testing but as long as you know your triggers and you know what to do to get help then yeah it's okay it's not too bad at the moment Mm. you know one of the things that we teach in the nacho kids academy is the importance of knowing your triggers and identifying them yeah and you can't always avoid them but you can prevent them sometimes from happening because Mm -hmm. a lot of times your triggers are a result of how you react to something and then somebody responds to you Totally. So you set yourself up to experience your own triggers or if, like I said, if you can't avoid them, then how to cope with them. Yeah. And one of the best things that I've learned, and this was so hard for me, but was to keep my mouth shut and walk away Mm. because me standing there blowing up, getting mad, getting angry, it did nobody any good. No. So if, for instance... Um, One of my triggers, I wrote a blog about this, probably one of the first blogs I ever wrote, was an empty cereal box. I could be in the best mood and go in the pantry, and one of the kids had eaten all of the cereal but left the empty box. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. It drove me nuts. It would honestly make me want to scream, make me want to trash the house. But what it was is... That cereal box represented so much more to me than an empty cereal box. It mm-hmm. was lazy kids, disrespectful kids. You know, they were never going to make anything of themselves. Their dad yeah. should do something about it. You know, all that was tied into that empty cereal box. Yeah. And so that was a trigger for me. And the way that I dealt with it, once I realized it was a trigger for me, if I walked in the pantry and I saw the empty cereal box, I said, hmm, I know it's empty. I'm not going to touch it because if I did, it would make me mad. Yeah. But I also didn't take it and throw it away because if I did, then I would go get them cereal to replace it. Yeah. Well, by me not getting them cereal to replace it, they quit leaving empty cereal boxes in the pantry. Yeah. Yeah. It's little things like that, isn't it, that really do test your patience because, like you say, it symbolizes um, them not respecting um yeah not taking you seriously thing and taking you for granted because oh somebody else will do that somebody else will do that and yeah I, I 100% agree can I tell you my equivalent my equivalent of that yes that's what I was <laughs> going to ask you is tell us some of your triggers and how um, when you start to see that you're about to be triggered how you deal with that well 
we recently had our bathroom redecorated and it's well it was part of the you know decorate every single room in the house and there's no trace of bio mum left and Uh the bathroom the bathroom was the last room to be done so um it's absolutely gorgeous now i love it and i bought um a little giraffe with a very long neck to put the toilet roll on it's really cute and it holds uh two full toilet rolls um on its neck and mm-hmm. what will happen is they they will use the top toilet roll and leave the cardboard tube. Then they'll use the bottom and leave that cardboard <laughs> tube. And then they will not replace, they will not take the cardboard tubes off the giraffe's neck. They will just get one out of the cupboard and start using that and leave it on the floor. And this isn't just the kids. This is my partner too. So one <laughs> one day I got a third toilet roll and I placed it on top of the two empty ones. So it's kind of like balancing on this giraffe's head, thinking uh-huh. somebody's going to go, well, we can't have that and take off the two. T- no, no, it didn't work. So I was like, hell? so I ended up replacing the damn things anyway. So but now I've told Mark that I'm going to share this story and he's he now replaces the toilet roll in the hopes that probably I don't bring the story up. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally get you. It's little things like that that just test you. And this these kind of things happen in everybody's house. Um but there was one incident that um happened over Christmas that brought me to Nacho uh, the Nacho Kids website and this one isn't so funny this really upsets me this trigger and it's the youngest daughter leaving food that I know she's eaten the previous week but this week she decides she doesn't like that and I've always spent a lot of time and thoughts thinking right prepare a nice healthy nutritious meal with all the vitamins and minerals and everything um i don't just want to give her you know chips and chicken nuggets because that's not nutritionally you know there's no nutritional value in that if she has that all the time Uh um so you spend you know time making these nice meals and then i can see her pushing the food around on the plate with the fork and i'm watching i'm watching and i'm waiting for her to go daddy I don't like this. And then he'll go, go and put it in the bin, love. And then half an hour later, she'll be like, Daddy, I'm hungry. And I'm like, well, you will be bloody hungry because you've not eaten half your tea. And then he'll go and say, go and get a packet of crisps. Now, if I'd served her half a meal and a packet of crisps on the side, he would go nuts. Mm-hmm. But, but effectively, that's what he's doing. He's letting her eat half a tea and then go and get a packet of crisps. Mm-hmm. Um, which is chips in America, isn't it? Chips. Uh-huh. Yeah. Potato chips. Potato chips, yeah. So um, I remember it was it was over Christmas just gone and I lost it. I lost it. I said, do you know what? I'm not going to make dinner for you anymore. You can sit and eat your crisps and whatever. I've had enough. And in front of me, he turned around and said, if she doesn't like it, she doesn't have to eat it. So I was like, whoa right okay okay so from then I was like right I am taking a massive step back and we'll have the cooked meal she can have chips and chicken chicken nuggets and then there was a second occasion when um again in the same Christmas holiday 
she couldn't find a laptop and the bedroom was an absolute pigsty and I said you know if you don't keep your bedroom tidy if you don't put your clothes away you're not going to find things your laptop could be underneath this pile of clothes here and you could stand on it and uh, and he says to me Helen chill out in front of the youngest so I thought right mate that's twice you've undermined me in front of her I am going to chill out and I went on Facebook um, and I was I still am a member of a Facebook group um, mm-hmm. so I'm I've just had the worst night and my partner has undermined me twice in front of my blah, 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 blah. And one of the members put, try the nacho kids. And I thought, nacho kids, what the heck is this? So I went (laughs) on it and I just loved, like, you know, I listened to your first podcast and and if he tells me one more time, they're nacho kids. (laughs) I was like, this is brilliant. So I listened to the podcast and I was like, yes. They are not my children. They are not my responsibility. It is not my job to ensure that this kid gets her five a day. She's got a mother for that. She's got a father for that. She's got grandparents for that, for God's sake. It is not my responsibility. And that was when I decided to nacho in Christmas, just gone. Yeah, nachoing. Yeah, you're nachoing, girl. I was nachoing. So, yeah, so I'm brand new to it. It's only March now. Um, and I've, I've at first, um, I didn't know whether to tell Mark what I was doing. And I asked on the Nacho Facebook group, should I tell him? Shouldn't I tell him? And I got mixed responses. So I thought, well, I'm not going to say anything. And I'll just mm-hmm. see how it goes. And he picked up on what I was doing. And he got it completely wrong he got it completely you know the wrong way around he was like you don't care about these kids anymore and you know you've told me you're taking a step back but now it's like you don't give a crap (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I was like no and I said right you need to listen to this podcast so god love him he did he sat and listened to a few of your podcasts and now he's he totally gets it he listened to um Elliot's podcast Mm -hmm. Elliot Katz yeah he bought the book he read the book, the um, becoming the strong man a woman wants. Yeah, I read it in two hours. It's taken him weeks to read it, but never mind. <laughs> um, so now he totally gets the Nacho uh, method. Um, I'm still trying. I'm still working my way through it, but it is so refreshing to listen to these podcasts and sharing these experiences with with other stepmoms it's so refreshing to be told that no don't feel guilty because you don't love them like they're your own they're not your own and that sense of relief is uh, is overwhelming laurie it's such a a good thing to to be able to listen to these podcasts i feel like i've been talking for ages and you've not said anything <laughs> no no you're fine i'm loving listening to you You're right, though, and I'm glad that you told your significant other to listen to the podcast and that he did. Yeah. Because, you know, from being in the group, there are so many misconceptions of it. Even the people in the group sometimes don't understand it. They think it is being mean to the stepkids in that, oh, well, I can just nacho and be mean to the stepkids. No, no, no. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. It is allowing the parent to parent, and you be supportive of the parent. Yeah. We were actually talking the other day with somebody, and the husband had referred the wife to listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And she did. 
And David said, you know, I think a lot of times what happens is the women listen to it, and instead of telling the men to listen to it, they tell them what they heard. Yeah, big difference. Right, and so the men get kind of defensive about it, whereas if the men would listen to it, they would be more open and understanding to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which makes sense. Yeah. You've got somebody here trying to explain something to you that they're just now understanding themselves or trying to understand because it is a different concept. Mm-hmm. Your whole life, once you became a stepmom, is you should care for them like your own. You should step up and be a mom because that's it's got stepmom in the word. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. So it is definitely relieving, and I'm glad that you are benefiting from the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. And it's not always easy to step back, though. No, it's not. It's really difficult to step back, especially when I've been so involved from day one. Because like I said, he had, you know, the guilty parent syndrome going on. um, And I didn't want the girls being, you know, behaving like they were um, because the mother certainly wasn't disciplining them. and And I know that for a fact because the eldest would come and tell me, you know, the young one's running riot and she doesn't have any control over her. Um, so, so now it is, it is difficult to step back and Mark and I have had to really work on this. Um, like me trying to keep my mouth shut because I Mm -hmm. said to him, I see things that he doesn't see Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sitting there seething, waiting for him to react to something and he doesn't. And he's told me, you know, if you see something, tell me, tell me and, and, and I'll respond to it. And I'm like, why don't you see it <laughs> in the first place yes. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um but that's good that he said that you know that if, if I um see something that he needs to be acting on that I can tell him because he works shifts as well he does night shifts and very often you know I'm on my own with the youngest and if I'm not meant to be the main disciplinarian and he's not here how how are we going to work through that so there has been some um, teething issues and we're still getting used to it and I'm still trying to keep my mouth shut um, mm-hmm. but it, it is hard it is hard there was a quote not a quote um, there was a um, um, uh, what, what, what's, what am I looking for something one of your podcasts um, I think it might have been Laura Petherbridge Pether, is it uh-huh. I think she might have said parents biological parents look at their children through the lens of love and step parents look at them through the lens of responsibility. I think that was on Laura's yes, podcast. Yes, that's Laura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she said those words, it was like, "Yes, oh my god, yes, that is exactly what it what it's like." Mm-hmm. Biological biological parents see them through the lens of love, and this lens is rose tinted as well. Whereas our lens is, you can see all the crap. As well as all the good, you know what I mean? You can see the kids playing up and there's no soft filter on it. And you feel responsible for that. The lens that the step-parent looks through is more like a microscope. Yes, (laughs) it does. It does. It magnifies. It magnifies. It does. I I was really um, touched by that and and it made me think a lot. Um, There's been a lot of moments in these podcasts that have reached have reached me um and one of them makes me feel so sad um we talked about it just earlier on laurie it was lara lara beth's 
podcast. Laura Beth Ferguson. Yeah. 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 And it, it makes me so angry that these stepmoms are treated so badly and all they have done is open their heart to somebody else's children. Right. And there were so many emotions that, that came to me when I was listening to that podcast. And I thought, how dare people treat people like this? How dare these biological mums and, and these biological fathers not support their new wives or new partners? These women, all they want, all they are wanting to do is love these children and they are being treated like this. They are trying mm-hmm. their best to step up and, and, and take these kids on as their own. And to be pushed right. to a point where they want to take their own lives is despicable. Absolutely is. despicable. And it, it made me want to scream out for stepmoms all over the world and say, you know, you don't have to put up with that. And yeah, kids come first. Um, you know, people say the kids come first and, and you know, they don't have any choice in their parents breaking up and, and you know, they, they their needs must come first. But you know what, Laurie? we are somebody's children as well. We are someone's baby and we are just as important and we need to look after ourselves and our mental health as well as as looking after the children. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And that's why um, I think when we started doing the Nacho Kids Method, one of the really important things that we stress as being a part of the method is looking for your after yourself and self-care yeah, and looking at things differently, stopping negative thinking, changing your thought process, because you are looking at these stepkids through the lens of a microscope. <laughs> You're seeing everything they're doing. You're seeing that the bio parent isn't parenting like you think they should. You mm-hmm. don't understand why they don't see it. And a lot of times it's just simply stepping back, not being so judgmental, and trying to change your focus. Yeah. Because if you sit there and focus on Mark not parenting his kids, then the next thing you know, you're not going to be in love with Mark anymore because you think he's a weak man. It's true. It's true. It's caused so many arguments, you know. And yes. it's because they're not parenting them the way that we think they should. And they're not mm-hmm. getting it because they, they have a much more relaxed approach, I think, men to parenting than women do and Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's frustrating it goes back to the caveman days the cavemen went and got food and everything and the women stayed with the kids until they were old enough to go you know with the caveman daddies to go get food (laughs) yeah yeah so our role as women has always been to nurture and care for the kids and take care of the house yeah yeah and men have always just kind of been able to step back from that. And plus, I don't think the majority of men are as emotional as women. No, nowhere near. Yes. Nowhere near. Now, you had said something about you had asked whether to tell Mark that you were not showing or not Mm -hmm. and that you received mixed responses. Yeah. And people will ask me that, should I tell him or not? And I give a mixed response. And that's because you know your significant other better than we do. Yeah. And it is very important that if you do decide to tell them that it doesn't come across as, I think your kids are brats, so that's why I'm doing this. It it needs to come across as, 
we need to do something to better our blend. And I think that by my stepping back in the parental role will be beneficial for everybody. Yeah. And I made a blog not too long ago. Well, when I say that, it could have been a year ago by now. (laughs) Um, The older you get, time just shifts. Mm -hmm. But um, there's benefits to the step-parent not showing that the bio-parent doesn't realize. And a lot of that is by the step-parent not showing it allows them to build a relationship with the stepkid because they didn't come in with that bond. Yeah. They didn't date the stepkid. So they have to be able to build that bond. And also, it takes the pressure off the bio parent because the kids aren't saying, well, evil stepmom this, and then evil stepmom's not going, well, your little hellion kid's this, <laughs> and putting the bio parent in the middle. Mm-hmm. But it really does, if it you decide to tell your significant other that you're nachoing, many choose not to use the word nachoing or nacho yeah. kids because, yeah. you know, um, that just kind of throws people off sometimes because they don't look at it as how it did with me and David when we started it is is funny to us. Yes. Yeah. It was laughter that broke, you know, the stress that I was having. Yeah. So if you do tell your significant other or choose to, then just explain to them that you're doing this for the benefit of the blend, not just for yourself and not because you don't love their kids, yeah. but it's because they have two capable parents yeah. and they don't need a third because it just causes things to get off balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's very easy to get the... Um to, to get the idea of naturing very, very wrong. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it would be, I think it'd be quite difficult to explain it to somebody without showing them a podcast or showing them the website. Or I think, and, and I think a lot of dads would go into like defense mode as well. So mm-hmm. I did, I chose not to tell him at first, but then he went into this massive defense mode and then I told him what I was doing and then told him about the podcasts. And as soon as he listened to somebody else, somebody else's point of view, I said, look, listen to this and listen to these stepmoms. Um, this is what I'm going through. Because I think sometimes like when you tell, you're trying to tell someone what, how you're feeling, you go, she's off again, she's moaning again about being a stepmom. Mm-hmm. And then, 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 but how can how can all these thousands of women be wrong, you know, right. who are going through the same thing? How can they be wrong? Yeah. So I would always try and encourage someone to share with, with the partner or the husband what they're doing and why and, you know, get them to look at the, listen to a podcast or two, especially the ones that the men have done as well mm-hmm. that would help yeah, and we're trying to get more men on but men don't like to talk about stuff <laughs> no i know it'd be like a five minute conversation that you'd be like getting blood out of stone mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like come on open up by not telling your significant other what you're doing they could honestly look at it as you're distancing yourself yeah. and that you're wanting out of the relationship yeah so, and then they can make their own mind up then about what you are actually doing and it could be the wrong thing jump to the right. wrong conclusion yeah yeah and you have to be careful and I definitely suggest that if you choose to start nachoing and not discuss it with your significant other or try to explain it to them, do it slowly. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. all of a sudden, oh, I'm not taking little Johnny to school. You better find a way to take him. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's very important uh, yeah. to make sure that um, you explain it in a way that you're not bashing their kids because, you know, the number one rule of nachoing is to not say anything negative to or about the stepkids. That's so hard. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? <laughs> and it takes me back to Mark telling you 
to let him know if you see something he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be careful with that mm-hmm. because remember, you are looking through a microscope. So you're going to see a hundred things that they do. Yeah. And then Mark could possibly go, you're always complaining about my kids. Mm. Yeah. One thing I remember um, that always stands out when anybody talks about parenting, whether it's bio parenting or step parenting, choose your battles. Yes. Choose your battles. And I know that if I kept going on about the toilet roll giraffe, (laughs) 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 that, you know, I was never going to win this battle. So it's just a mum thing, isn't it? Where I will replace the damn toilet roll for a quiet life. Um, You know, it's it's (laughs) funny though. Toilet paper (laughs) is a huge trigger for a lot of people, whether it's blended families, people that don't even have kids, the significant others fight over the toilet paper. (laughs) We need to come up with something that the toilet paper just automatically feeds itself. Yes, an automatic dispenser. Yeah, or everybody start getting those huge rolls like that are in, you know, workplaces or something. (laughs) But they still wouldn't replace it. They would just sit the big old toilet paper up there well this is it nobody will replace the bloody dispenser well now i mean i know this podcast won't be going out for a while but now we're in the thick of everybody fighting over toilet rolls in the supermarket because they're all pinching them panic buying them aren't they with this coronavirus i know <laughs> so, when you brought up the toilet uh, paper that's the first thing i thought yeah, was they're going to be wondering where it's all gone when they you know They'll be wanting to replace it. <laughs> yeah, toilet paper has probably split up families before, and now it's dividing communities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh, dear me. Everybody just needs to get a bidet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would solve the problem. Yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, the whole toilet paper thing, when you said that, it, it cracks me up because, you know, most people try to leave extra rolls of toilet paper within reach of the dispenser in case it does run out and you're (laughs) needing it so you don't have to get up and traipse across the bathroom to get it. And that just makes people take it out and sit it there on top of the empty roll. I know, I know. Oh, God. It's funny, isn't it? And we can sit sit and laugh about this now, but in the wrong time, at the wrong time, this could be, you know what, I'm packing my bags now. That yes. last straw, isn't it? The last straw, because we we've come close. We've we've come close this year to um, splitting up, but we worked through it. Um, yes, and uh, we we are strong again now. And he because he understands the nachoing process as as best as as he can, um, and and I'm trying to understand it as best I can. But it's definitely helps. I think. After listening to your um, story, Laurie, about um, the, you, it sounded like you had a real tough time with your stepchildren for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas my problems have been with the, the bio mum and yes. not not necessarily with the kids, but with him not disciplining the kids as much as mm-hmm. I thought he should do. And I think I started nachoing um, or trying to nacho at the start start of it going bad nor at the end of it being bad you know mm-hmm. so yeah it's still early days for us but I I have I have one hell of a conundrum for you to solve for me if you can okay <laughs> so yeah <laughs> you know I said earlier on that the eldest daughter came to live with us back in 2017 mm-hmm. she came to live with us full-time because she didn't want to be around a mum because she wasn't a good influence and blah blah um mm-hmm. 
since I would say the back end of last year, um, she started having a little bit more contact with her, going out for tea, um, maybe going, I don't know, I don't know, round to the house, going out for tea, that kind of thing, every now and again. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's her mum. She's obviously entitled to have a relationship with her. But she's 18 now and we were thinking this relationship is not mother-daughter. This is two women or woman-girl going out and getting drunk together. Um, and that was the kind of relationship because like, oh, I know how I can get back in favour with my daughter. I'll take her out and get her sozzled. Mm-hmm. and I think she saw her mum as a kind of fun person to be with now, and in our house it's rules and boundaries and respectful times of coming home from said pub when people have got work in the morning, and she doesn't like it. Um, also, recently, her relationship, the stepdaughter who's 18, she was seeing a man who was 10 years older than her, and we've had all that to deal with. I know she started seeing him when she was 16. So I had all that to deal with as well. Um, he's great, though. He was fine. The relationship was going all right up until recently when he's broken up with her because of her behavior. And when I say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, it mm-hmm. has landed right in the same spot. Her behavior towards a boyfriend was absolutely despicable and i'm not going to go on about it on here but basically taking him for what she could get from him and telling him what he can and can't do and just very controlling manipulative behavior so he ended it with her he broke up with her and this is just two weeks ago now and when mark and i told her that her behavior wasn't acceptable she's spattered on me out thrown the toys out of the pram and she's now gone to live back with her mum okay mm. so very recently so literally a week ago she's gone to live back with her mum because we told her that you know she's behaving just like the mother she doesn't like that she doesn't like the fact that we are trying to give her boundaries and and whatnot here even though she's 18 she still needs to you know be respectful of house rules and whatnot um right. and yeah she's gone gone to gone to live back with her mum so for me the nacho thing has been very very difficult to practice this last week because if i didn't tell that girl what i thought of her and the, and her behavior then i would not have respected myself for the rest of my life it was disgraceful right. and i didn't i kept saying to her i did not spend the last few years bringing you up to behave like this so she's gone. Mm-hmm. She's gone to stay with her mum. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. She is 18. Mm-hmm. She's going through a phase where, like you said, mom's the drinking buddy. Yeah. You don't want her coming back to your house drunk. You don't want her coming back and disrespecting you because she, you or Mark, because she is drunk or not wanting to follow curfews. So I know it's probably hard for Mark with her going back to her mom's, but I think it's best right now that she is. Yeah. Eventually, mom, regardless of how, you know, fun she is right now, mom, will, if, if stepdaughter is not picking up after herself and causing mom to have to do more work, mom's going to get tired of it too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. So before you know it, it's not going to be all fun and games with her and mom. 
and she may choose that she wants to come back. Well, this is the problem. When she was 14, she um, wanted to go and live with her mum because she was just playing mum and dad off against each other. But the court order was in place and so she had to come back to us on the days that she was, you know, due to come back. Um, But then when she turned 16 and Mm -hmm. she said she wanted to come and live with us, I knew back then that we shouldn't have really let her because we're letting her decide where she wants to live and she's doing what she wants to do. We should have said, no, there's a court order in place. You need to stay with your mum 50% of the time. But um, Mark and his parents thought that it would be a good idea for her to come and live with us because if she was away from her mum and her mother's behaviour, then she wouldn't influence her um, and not, do you know what I mean? Not see that kind of behaviour. And then Uh I've obviously tried to instill independence and you know how you behave and how to treat people and you know what Laurie it has not made one bit of difference she's hardly had a relationship with a mum for the past two years and she's behaving as though she spent every weekend with her or every day with her it's not made one bit of difference so it may not seem like it's made a bit of difference now Mm -hmm. but 18 year olds are not the brightest people Mm. You know, she's enjoying life, and enjoying life means not having curfews, not having responsibilities. When she turns older, you planted the seeds for her. I hope so. Now, yeah, and whether or not they grow or not is not up to you. You planted those seeds. And hopefully, once she gets a little bit older and gets through this little partying phase, then she'll remember those seeds and she will be able to nurture them for them to grow. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if she wouldn't have lived with you for those two years, you would have never been able to plant those seeds. That's a lovely way of looking at it, Laurie. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's with bio kids too. Yeah. We can only plant those seeds and hope that they take root. And they may not take root immediately, but... Once they get older, you know, a lot of people will say, I didn't understand or respect my parents until I was in my 30s. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I keep apologizing to my mum for all the crappy things (laughs) that I used to do when I was a teenager. I'm like, mum, I am so sorry I ever put you through whatever it was I did because I'm sure I I was a pain in the ass when I was that age. I am so sorry. (laughs) She's like, oh, it's fine. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't this bad. I mean, she's just oh, so selfish. I know teenagers are selfish. I know that. But this is, and then some. Um, but like I said, I said to Mark, I said, look, hopefully in the next couple of years, she'll grow up and she'll realize how she's behaved and that she can't treat people like that. And then, I, then in the next breath, I said, well, her mother's never grown up and realized because she... She just takes, takes, takes. It's all about mm-hmm. what she can get. I mean, ugh, money. Right. And she may not change. She may not. Yeah, yeah. But one thing that we always say is remember, the stepkids' behavior is not a reflection of your parenting. Yeah. And I'm glad that her boyfriend broke up with her. She deserved to learn that lesson. She really did. Yes. And if she keeps acting like this, she's going to have many more boyfriends break up with her. Yeah, yeah. And he he actually came round to the house to make sure that 
he um we understood why he'd broken up with her he didn't want us thinking that he'd just dumped her and she was all heartbroken because she was she was hysterical and then when he told me why he'd broken up with her I just said I am so sorry we have not brought her up to behave like this and he was like no 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 you guys are great um she's just the other end of her mother which is a an English saying you're the other end of someone she's the other end Mm -hmm. just like a mother so yeah yeah but you can only do what you can you know what what you can and hopefully she will grow up over these next few years but like like you say it's you just gotta have to wait and see and just do your best when you can well how's your relationship and how's Mark's relationship with the younger stepdaughter now then (laughs) Um, when I, (laughs) when I first met her, she was only five and she was so, um, open to, to me. She accepted me straight away until the mother started, you know, pouring poison down her ear. Um, Mm -hmm. but she's never been a problem accepting that dad's got somebody else. Um, and we've had a lovely little relationship over the past few years, but she's 10 nearly 11 and the hormones are starting to kick in and Mm. she has shown us exactly what she's capable of with several tantrums over the past few weeks so guess what we get to go through it all again now with this one (laughs) yes you do (laughs) so it's a good job that I am practicing the art of nacho because I'm going to be putting it in place probably very shortly. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so she still comes the fifty fifty time frame? Yeah, yeah. She still she still sticks to the, the court order and, and she will do for the foreseeable, I think. Um but I mean the older one's eighteen, she can please herself what she does now. We don't we can't enforce that court order, but the the younger one, yeah, she'll she'll still come fifty fifty. And they are proper daddy's girls, so there's no way she would not come and see her dad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that childless stepmoms like yourself, I think it's harder for you in a lot of ways because you don't understand why the parents don't see everything. You you know what I'm saying? You don't have that to compare. Yeah. Um, Now, granted, having a child of your own does add complications for sure. But I think that, I mean, it's hard for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do think that not having children of your own makes it hard to understand the guilty parent syndrome, the not seeing everything they do wrong and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree because I have nothing to compare it to. In fact, Mm -hmm. the closest thing I have to compare it to is my dog, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Your dog's name's Brian? Yeah, yeah, he's a cockapoo. Oh, I love it. He's so, (laughs) oh, Laurie, I absolutely adore this dog. And he's the closest thing that I have to imagining. Now, I imagine how much I love this dog. And if he had to go to the bio mum's house every other weekend, I would hate that. And that's just mm-hmm. a dog, you know. <laughs> oh, I know, so, I know. So I try to put myself in this position where the dog has to go to the bio mum's house every other weekend. And then I see them having a great time. And I'm like, my God, she must really hate me. <laughs> she must really hate me. And I think, oh, yeah. And, th- and this is just my cockapoo, Brian. 
It's, it's funny, a friend of mine uh, recently got divorced, and her and her ex share custody of the dogs. Oh, oh, I'd have to. They are. I would have to. Every <laughs> other week, they exchange the dog for pickup. <laughs> now, when he comes back to this house, does he act in a real bratish way because <laughs> he's not following the rules? <laughs> yeah, does it take the time, time for the dog to adjust to coming back to the other yeah. parent's home? He's been on the couch. You've been on the couch, haven't you, at the other person's house? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, I, I bet you that happens. I'm going to have to talk to her. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I would have to take the dog with me and I couldn't imagine leaving him here. And that, and you know what? That is, that is so true. When, when Mark and I were having problems earlier on in the year and I contemplated, I contemplated leaving, I thought, how can I leave the dog? How can I go and leave the dog? And it made me appreciate how hard it must have been for Mark to leave the children when oh, they yeah. first split up. So while we're having a little bit of a giggle about it, it did give me a little insight. It must have broken his heart, and no wonder mm-hmm. they have guilty parent syndrome. But yes. you've got to realize that you're not doing them any good by not parenting them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm preaching to the converted here, aren't I? But it's just yes. all these little scenarios make you realize it gives you a snippet of how other people are feeling in that situation. You're right. Mm. And I'm glad that you are open minded enough to be able to see that. And that you can look at yourself and self-reflect and say, oh, let me try to put myself in his situation. Because a lot of people can't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've even tried to put myself in her situation, Um, like like obviously with the dog. (laughs) Um, And he doesn't go to her house. But she's been so mean and so horrible to me and and, and to her, you know, to the family um, on the whole that I, I find it difficult to sympathize because a lot of this she's brought on herself right um maybe one day i mean things were settling down and and i never really gave her much much of a thought this last 12 to 18 months but since the eldest one has decided to go back it's invoked all these feelings again and Mm -hmm. it's you know when you have conversations in your head that you're playing what you would say if she said this and i would do that and i have spent hours I have wasted hours and hours having conversations that I will never have with her in my head. Normally right. when I'm in the shower for some reason. <laughs> don't know. The shower yeah. seems to the best place for people to think yeah. and come up with their great ideas yeah. and things like that. Now, what I think you're experiencing, though, is since the stepdaughter went back, I call it post-traumatic stepmom disorder. Right. So, once she moved back, all those feelings that you had before kind of rose back up to the top. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uncomfortable as well, very uncomfortable because um, I know that Mark isn't sleeping too good at night because he's worrying about her going back. Um, so I'm not sleeping because I'm worrying about him. And I think, mm-hmm. my God, this is how we were living between 2014 to about. 2016 17 this is how we were living permanently we've had a year or two of relative peace (laughs) and now it's all you know kicking off again because of course the the mother all she cares about is money so 
Mark's mm. had a, a letter from the um, child welfare. You know, she wants to claim money off him because Megan's gone to live with her. I've just used her name, haven't I? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Because the eldest daughter's gone to live with the mum. She hadn't been there two days and she must have rang up for, you know, claiming money for it, even though when she was here, she didn't pay a penny towards her. We didn't get yeah. didn't get any money off her for anything that she needed. I'm telling you, um, it's all fun and games right now. But in a month or so, when stepdaughter's taking advantage of the bio mom, bio mom's not going to be wanting to go hang out and party with somebody that's mooching off of her. Well, this is what I said to Mark. I said, you know, it's when when the eldest one. Does it matter if I use the, the kids' names? No, no, it's fine. Okay. That's, that's up to you. Okay. So the eldest one, she's called Megan. When Megan um, goes back into her routine now, of she, she goes out on a Thursday night with all the college friends and she doesn't get in till whatever o'clock in the morning, the mother's not going to like that because she'll be jealous. And I think this is what caused Megan to come and live with us in the first place. I think the mother was seeing her daughter growing up uh, and becoming mm-hmm. a woman, and she she was resentful of that and very jealous. And I think when she starts doing her own thing, the mother's going to be very bitter and very jealous. And that and they're so alike as well that that's going to cause so many problems. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the youngest stepdaughter doesn't want to come live with y'all full time at some point. Well, she nearly did. At one point, she she made noises of when when the oldest one came, she started making noises of of wanting to come and join her. So guess what the mother did? What? She bought her a pony. No way. Yeah, yeah. I was taking a horse riding for a few years. I was taking her lessons because the mother promised her to she would take her, but she never did. So I, I used to have horses so I can ride. I said, I'll take you. Come on, we'll go. And every other Sunday we'd go horse riding. And then she got, you know, oh, oh, she, she's enjoying herself with, with Helen. We can't have this. I will buy you a horse. So, yeah, so she started taking her for lessons. And then when, you know, Izzy started saying, oh, I might want to go and live with Daddy too, then she went and bought her a horse. And wow. that's how she wins her children's affections oh laurie we could be here for days talking about you know the things that she's done and blah blah but this is the kind of thing that she does she will spend money um to win people's affections yeah sadly well let me ask you this before we wrap up okay um you were talking about realizing that you were the last of everybody's list of priorities yeah do you still feel that way or are you kind of not looking at it that way and just saying I'm not the last of everybody's priorities, even though I may not be their top priority. Um, I don't look at it that way anymore. Um, I think I felt that way in the beginning because it was such a, a shock to me at first. Um, and I lived on my own for such a long time. Like I said, I didn't have any other people to really worry about except myself, which it does sound quite selfish, but it, it that's the way it is. Um, so coming into into a, a family where there are other people whose needs come first, it was a big, massive culture shock for me. But no, I don't see it like that anymore. I know that there are um, children that need to be looked after before, obviously, my needs are met. But I'm kind of used to that now, um, and I accept that responsibility now. Um, yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it now. <laughs> Good. Because we try to tell people you're not second, you're number one, even if it's only to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, don't tell yourself you're second because we tell ourselves so much crap mm. that, and we're our worst critics, and we'll start believing it. Yeah. Tell yourself good things. Tell yourself, you know, it, yeah, stepdaughter moved back, and she may turn into a horrible person like her mom, but you gave her the opportunity to be exposed to someone that is kind and compassionate like you are. Thank you. That's a lovely way of looking at it, yeah. Yeah. I think um, over the past few years, mental health, we were talking about it earlier on, has become more um, acceptable to talk about in, you know, in public. And we, and also loving yourself. Years ago, you would never say, yes, I love myself. You wouldn't say that, would you? But now it's like you've got to love, care for yourself, because if you don't, then you're no good to anybody else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've mentioned before that one of the things that we do in the Nacho Kids Academy is a change your stinking thinking challenge. I'm sure you've heard me talk about the ants, the automatic negative thinking. Yes. And, you know, how we have to break those ants and kick them off our picnic cloth or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, we also have a self-love challenge because you can't love other people if you don't love yourself. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, Helen, it has been absolutely wonderful having you. And Thank you. We probably could keep going and it would be like the longest podcast <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah, I've got plenty more examples of HCBM. I nearly broke into yes. your accent then, Laurie. <laughs> yeah, say y'all. Say y'all for me, girl. Okay, y'all. Hey, <laughs> where's David? <laughs> He's in the other room working right now. He's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine how long this would have been if he would have been involved? Oh, bless him. Yeah. Oh, well, say hi to David. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is, is you've got stepdaughter 10. So you'll have more to talk about and we can have you back as a guest. Yeah. Let's see how she gets on over these next few months. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can get a update on how stepdaughter 18 and her party and mama are doing. <laughs> They'll both be in Alcoholics Anonymous, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Hey, and tell Mark if he ever wants to be a guest on the podcast, we would love to have him. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? To get, to get yes. somebody on the other side of it to, to share their experiences. Yeah. He said to me, um, uh, am I going to get bashed on this podcast then are you going to bash me I said well no I'm not going to bash you but I am going to be honest and there might be some things that you might find you know difficult to hear but this is only what I've lived through and survived <laughs> yes and I know that a lot of the significant others that know about the other person doing a podcast they're like man should I listen to that or not <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll tell him he's not the only one that's a bit dubious then <laughs> no he's not but seriously if he wants to be a guest he can with you or without you we can do both of you you know that way he might not be as um, reluctant to do it if he thinks you're there yeah but he may also want to do it without you there I will definitely mention it to him yeah see what he says yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you again, and you have a great day, and keep in touch. Will do. Thank you, Laurie. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I think I'm going to make David start editing these podcasts, because then maybe he would make his little smarty jokes. Like what? Like the ones I got to edit out from what you said earlier. You have no proof because you edited them out.
Oh, but I may keep them <laughs> in, in a David <laughs> a blooper reel. <laughs> it's not bloopers though. I could never release it. No, you couldn't. So it'd just be for you. Maybe you play at my funeral. Oh my gosh, that's a good idea. No, at your funeral, I'm gonna play some kind of 1980s rap song. I come up at that thing. <laughs> rap for us, David. I am not rapping. Come on. No. Well, then sing the song you talk to kids. <laughs> I ain't doing that either. Come on. No, you've tried to get me on this before. I know, no. but we've been doing this a year. Mm-hmm. People need to know you, David. <laughs> not like that, they don't. <laughs> Come on. Just rap. One little one little tidbit. Mm-mm. Come mm-hmm. on. Nope. I'll tell you what, I'll do it live on stage at some point when, <sighs> when we do another conference. All right. Y'all heard it here. Or I might do it live at a retreat because, you know, we're talking about trying to put a retreat on. Yes, we are. Once the COVID gets over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I love talking to Helen. You just love listening to Helen. No, I like talking to her, too. Okay. Now admit it. By the time you got done with the interview, you had that little UK slang going on. Yeah. I was saying air compressor. <laughs> That's what I taught myself to say when I was in the UK. Do they have... Okay, I got a quick story to tell y'all. When I was in the UK, there was a lady that was taking me around, and her little boy was like three years old. And his name was Harry. <laughs> and cute little booger, or bugger. And we were riding in the car, and her phone goes off, her cell phone. And he goes, Mommy, your purse is ringing. Shall I answer it? And I'm like... Good Lord, I must sound like some redneck hick to these people. You do. Thanks, David. <laughs> Helen but did- it was funny. A three-year-old was like, Mommy, your purse is ringing. Shall I answer it? Mm-hmm. I just, I love the way they talk. Okay. Anyway. I'm sure Helen thought you were a backwood redneck when she was interviewed. Probably. That's okay. She's cool. <laughs> we're going to get her husband on here, too. Oh, are we? Yeah, we are. So have you talked to everybody... Or have you told everybody about what you're lining up? No. Do you want to tell everybody? We always have so much going on. <laughs> we do. We are going to have, at some point, when I get enough of them, a month of podcast <laughs> <laughs> with men. So you're going to interview men only? hmm so For four weeks. Four to five weeks. Yep. Wow. I know. And that doesn't sound like a lot. But do getting four to five men to tell their stories? Mm-hmm. Good grief, you wouldn't believe how hard it is. So maybe by this time next year, <laughs> we will have our month of podcast of men. All right. So if you are a dude out there listening, or if you're a female with a dude <laughs> that will get on the podcast and talk about their side of what they have to deal with and their struggles and their triumphs and trials and tribulations, give us... An email. I was going to say, give us a call. <laughs> yeah. They don't even have to be the step parent. They can be the bio parent in the blend. Yeah. We're just looking for men. <laughs> we need men on this podcast. <laughs> it's raining, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, there you go, singing. Sing something good. No, no, I'm done. Okay. All right. So, yeah, if you know somebody, we have, we have what, one or two that said they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, depends on whether or not they follow through with it. But, um, if not, David's going to have to do it by himself and have split personalities. Well, I think I think for men, a lot of times they feel like number one, airing their dirty laundry. I think I think they think about that more so than women do. 
Well, I don't think women like to do it. That's why they're most no, of them are anonymous. I don't, don't think they like to do it. I think they're they're okay with sharing because they want to help other people. Men are like, oh, because somebody Billy Bob going to hear this and he'll know my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just thought of somebody else we can get. Who Billy Bob? No, but I might have like six. Oh, sweet. We might could do two month of men. We need to re- we need to reach out to like some super celebrity. That's a stepmom, and see if we can get them on the podcast. Almost all of them are stepmoms. <laughs> so, I don't know any celebrities. I just think it would be interesting to hear how it is for them to have to deal with. You know, it's the same. Well, 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 let me back up. Unless they have an Alice. True. You know, it's the same. Oh, we need to find somebody with an Alice and interview them. Okay. So our next person that we're looking for for an interview <laughs> on our podcast is someone that has an Alice. And they're blend. So if you have a nanny that does everything for the kids, contact us. Yeah. We want to know if that makes a big impact and makes things easier. Right. So we have two requests for you. If you are a man. If you're a man with an Alice. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a man and are part of a blended family and would like to be a guest on our podcast, please, 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 please contact us at... Contact us at nachokids.com. <laughs> or if you are part of a blended family, male or female, that has an Alice like the Brady Bunch had, contact us at contact us at nachokids.com. <laughs> yep. All right. That's enough, David. Okay. One more request. What? If somebody has something that we've not yet interviewed someone about, let us know and we'll see if we can find somebody that uh, can speak on that. Yes, we are always open to take podcast suggestions. Mm-hmm. So we get those from time to time. I think we had that somewhere, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't ask me where it was at. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out and let you know next time. Yep. All right. Until That's then, it. take it easy and don't be sleazy. That is not our tagline. That's my tagline today. All right, folks, that is our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember to share us out on social media and follow us and rate our podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.